Hi, it's Robin McMahon here. I'm the host of Parenting Our Future. And if you're listening to this podcast, I want to thank you so much for being here. I also want you to know that I'm a former angry mom. I used to yell and rage and threaten and punish my kids because I wasn't getting the cooperation or the behavior that I felt I should be getting. And I struggled for many years, not knowing how to change or knowing what to do differently. It wasn't until I found the world of peaceful parenting that I learned why my kids acted the way they did and also why I was so angry and triggered. I was able to heal my anger and leave my triggers behind so that I could focus on being the calm and confident parent I always expected myself to be. I can tell you that feeling connected to your kids is the best feeling in the world. My two boys are teenagers now, and we have a strong relationship that is rooted in deep connection. And where there is connection, there's cooperation. Parenting is the most important job we do, but it's the hardest job we do. And we do it without understanding the fundamentals of the way our kids grow and develop. We do it without knowing the way their brains work or what their behavior is actually really telling us. So it's no wonder it's so hard. And it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, this is harder than I thought it would be. And that's where I come in. I can help you and I can support you so that you can have the cooperation and enjoy being a parent. You can book a free call with me on my website, parentingforconnection.com. And if you want to download my free guide, how to turn a no into cooperation, go to triggerfreeparents.com. I really hope you enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting Our Future. Okay, so I get this question a lot. I get a question like, how do I parent when I'm married to a narcissist? And, you know, it's a word that is thrown around a lot. And I want to get some clarification on that. And so I have somebody here who's going to teach us about that. I have Heidi Brocky here. And so Here's the thing. I want to understand better what a narcissist is, understand what one is and what one isn't, right? Because there's different things we hear about personality, um, personality, what, what do you call that? Personality um, disorder. Disorders. That's Bi- what I'm looking bipolar for. Bipolar person. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So we, we hear about people who have personality disorders. Is that the same as being a narcissist? Uh, what about somebody who gaslights you? Is that somebody who's also a narcissist? So we are here to learn about all of this. And Heidi, Dr. Heidi is here to talk to us about that. Let me tell you a little bit about Heidi. She is a toxic relationship awareness and healing specialist. After spending 14 years in an extremely emotionally and narcissistically abusive relationship, she broke the chains and turned her past into her passion. I love that. And today she has helped hundreds rid and heal their toxic relationships. And she also hosts a popular podcast. So you can hop on and listen to her podcast called It's Not Normal, It's Toxic and Rid your life of toxic people. And she's got millions of people listening to her podcast. Dr. Heidi, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Actually, this has been a long time coming because it's actually been on the schedule for a while. So when it was finally here, I was like, yes, yes, yeah. yes and it's so great to be here. It is hard enough to parent. It's hard enough to parent with a co-parent, mm-hmm. but what happens when you have a parent that you're co-parenting with a partner who is toxic? who is 
a narcissist. So I really just want to start out by asking you what what are we talking about? What is your definition of a narcissist? And then okay. what are some red flags that we come up against that? We okay. Can, oh, whoa. Okay. So the first, the first thing I always tell all the listeners is I am not a licensed mental health professional. I am a chiropractor acupuncturist by trade, which okay. means I don't diagnose and I don't treat mental health conditions. You know, if you have a, if you, if your neck is stuck, I can totally help you. Um, but so I come from the point of view where I talk a lot about, I mean, even my title is a toxic relationship uh, specialist because I chose the word toxic seven years ago when I started this business. And it was before the word toxic was all over social media. So mm -hmm. I like to give the definition of toxic um, because in, in the line of work that, that I'm doing, this sounds awful when you first hear me say it, but at the conclusion of what I'm talking about, you'll get it. I don't care if they have a diagnosis. I don't care if they're a narcissist. I don't care if they're bipolar. I don't care if they have an addiction. I don't, because at the end of the day, the question for you is, is the relationship healthy for you? So, so toxic is not a diagnosis. Toxic is an adjective that is used to describe any relationship for you in the status that it's in that may be unhealthy for you physically, mentally, or emotionally. Okay. You know, and on your podcast, obviously, everybody's everybody's thinking the intimate relationship, you know, the marriage or the intimate relationship. But there's mm. toxic can, relationships can be friendships. They can be in coworker situations. They Definitely. can be in family circles. So so when you talk about the, the toxic relationship or the toxic person, you are the only one that gets to decide if this person is toxic for you mm. or not. Mm. It's it's whether or not this person is putting you into a situation in a relationship that is not healthy for you. Okay. So can I just ask a couple things? So yep. first and foremost, uh, is narcissism a mental illness? Narcissism is, is a narcissistic personality disorder is a uh, diagnosis, but okay. to your point right now, it's the buzzword. So it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's heard very much and it's used in the wrong context and it's used, you know, so I have learned to in, in my support group online and in my podcast and the things that I do, I really avoid that word because right now the, the correct definition of it is not being used. And honestly, because it's a mental health condition, it's not being very respected as a right. mental health condition. Um, yeah. I have just chosen that those people with that type of personality do not fit well in my life. But right. at the same time, they're, they're still people. So we have to, we have to accept them for who they are and allow them to be them, you know? Well, so, and if it is a diagnosed mental illness, it's not a choice. Right. Right. right? And so, um, okay. So that's, that's good. And then, and then can somebody be toxic to you in a relationship, but not be toxic to somebody else in a relationship? Yes. Yes. And that's, that's a, that's a question that I think that's a lot of times too, what makes it so confusing. Yeah. And, and when we look at, and, and I kind of want to lay the groundwork here so that we can move mm -hmm. on to the, you know, the questions that you have, but what you have to realize is the motivation behind a toxic person's behavior are very intentional. And you, if you have somebody who's in a toxic relationship, in a toxic marriage, or somebody who's been raised in a toxic environment and then stepped into a toxic marriage or someone who has had repetitive toxic relationships in their life, the chances of that person being a personality that's kind, caring, loving, giving, the fixer, the supporter, the conflict avoider, the peacekeeper, 
Okay, those type of people are going to be more of a target for the toxic personality because of what drives the toxic personality. Okay, so so and and if we're talking to if your listeners are like trying to go through a divorce right now or trying to co-parent, this is an imperative part of them getting a different perspective on on what they're in because the toxic personality and that can be any there's all different levels of toxic. Okay, it can be the bully on the playground all the way up to the things we see in the news, right? But what what drives the toxic personality? And again, I have to tell you, this is all coming from my experience and my experience with deal, you know, dealing with people. Yeah. Um, what drives the toxic personality is insecurity in themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, of course, yeah. yeah. So so now when we're in these situations, we can logically look at them and say, I don't think this relationship is healthy for me. But because we are the emotionally wired type, when emotions get involved, it clouds our logic and we get all confused. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. so like in the work that I do, which is different from a therapist or a counselor, I do a ton of education because I spent 14 years in one, not having a clue what I was in. You know, I kept trying to change myself or fix myself or be a better wife or make him happy. And, you know, I was constantly adjusting myself to become what he needed not realizing I was never going to become what he needed. It's never about you to begin with. Right. right? And I would have, I never knew that. Right. So, so once I removed myself and I was able to look back, I realized, you know, because of their motivation for security in themselves, they need people in their life to supply them with certain things. Now, now, you know, if, if I told you, think of a time in your life when you felt super secure and let your life was going your way. You'd go, oh, when my work was going well and my kids were doing good and I had a great fan group and I was in the gym three times a week. You know, we know that the stuff we put into our own life is the stuff that makes us feel secure. And the toxic personality does not have the ability to do that. So they have to place people in their life that supply them with the things that they need to feel secure. So, and those are things like control, the feeling of power, attention, admiration. You know, so for the listeners who are, in these relationships, or you've been in repetitive, it's because our personality is the personality that's going to supply them with the things that they need in their life to feel secure. Okay. So, okay. That's, so it's the insecurity that drives the toxicity and what they're looking for is control, power, attention, admiration, because they themselves within themselves are so small really. Right. And so, and they want to feel big. They want to feel in control and powerful because inside they really aren't. Mm -hmm. Now you said as, as you started that, um, that essentially toxicity begets a toxic person, right? So when you're brought up in a toxic environment, that, that can create not a loving, kind hearted, empathetic person, but possibly a toxic person that goes on to repeat the the cycle. Is that what you said? Did I hear that right? No, no. It's more like if you if you grew up in an environment that's toxic, and then even if you have a um, emotionally driven personality, when you step out into your own life, that stuff is going to be so normal to you that oh, if, gotcha. if you're approached by, by the toxic personality, you would never know it because, because it. you've always been in it. Okay. And so, okay, that, that is clear. I I just wasn't sure. Um, Thank you for clarifying that. And then you said that the motivation behind a toxic person is intentional. So is it intentional 
in that I'm intentional about needing control, power, attention, and admiration, just to throw those four ones out again. Well, or is it that I'm intentional about controlling you regardless of whether it hurts you? Well, it's, it's kind of the same thing because your toxic yeah. personality does not have the same emotion, nor do they have the empathy. So as right, long as empathy is huge, yeah. So as long as they're getting from you what they need, they don't really care. That sounds awful, but they don't really care how it affects you at what cost it comes right. to you. Right. Right. And, and you have to, you know, you tread on thin ice here too, because there is also a reason that this person is insecure. You know, yeah. it could be a, a traumatic upbringing. It right. could be a diagnosis. It could be an addiction. And right. as us, as emotional people, when we know that that's what's feeding their security, we feel bad for them, which makes us pour that much more into it and, and cater, cater to them that much more. Right. Right. You know, so, okay. so like if you have somebody that's then moving through the divorce process, if they realize this is the toxic relationship, I'm going to file for divorce. And the toxic person really realizes this is happening. Their, their mind doesn't shift from the control, power, attention, and admiration. It just shifts to, okay, if this is really happening, what strings do I still have attached that now I can control them? with? So like in, in your case, in the co-parenting case, it's the divorce process, the kids and the finances. Mm. you know, and while, while you were in the relationship and most, most people that have been in toxic marriages will tell you, I tried to leave three or four times and, and I went back. And, and the other thing that we have to remember about the toxic personality is they're emotionally abusive. Okay. What does that mean? If they can, if they can say or do something that makes you feel something, they feel in control of your emotions, which then makes them feel secure. So if they can say or do something that makes you happy or makes you sad or makes you feel guilty or makes you upset or makes you cry or makes you fearful, all they have to do is say or do something and you're upset that immediately makes them go, oh, all I have to do is say this or say that, which, which makes us cater, you know, put our emotions towards them. So when, when we try to leave, they throw the guilt trip on us or they're mad at us or they threaten us and make us fearful. And, and we don't want to upset them. So we always try you know, to cater to them, to keep them happy. Wow. So we okay. tend to, you know, and I, I, I was ashamed the day I, I counted this up finally, but I went back seven times to my former. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, that is normal. It's not easy. And unfortunately, when you do make that break, that's when there can be violence. And that is a scary thing, especially when you are not just caring for yourself and you have children. It is no joke. So I, I, I can empathize with that. I can understand now, that. You know, and you just brought up, you just brought up the violence thing. So when we go back to the emotion, they're looking for an emotional reaction. Mm. And this is how abuse escalates. If, if they, the first time they ever called you a name, you got upset. Okay, perfect. They got a reaction. But if they call you that name every day for 21 days, you're eventually going to not even notice they're calling you that name. So you're not going to react like you did the first day. So then what mm -hmm. happens? The names get meaner, the voice gets louder. And then right. if, if that sense. gets normal, you know, then they'll punch a wall or they'll break something. And then if, if you're not reacting to that, then, you know, they stand in the doorway or they break your phone or, and so they're, they're constantly seeking that emotional reaction. And the more desensitized we become to it, the less we react, which is 
which is why things become violent. Absolutely. Wow. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. I mean, it makes sense, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, okay. So for those, so, so we're talking about toxic people. I like that we're not using the narcissist word because it, it, it does complicate things. It's a buzzword, you know? And so can you, and I don't know if you can, can you narrow down some red flags for people listening for them to sort of think, yeah, maybe, maybe this relationship is, maybe I can't change him or her. Maybe it is who they are and this isn't good for me. So what are some red flags? Yeah. And, and while I say the red flags, I want, yeah. I want you to, to think about what I said with the insecurity is what they're looking for. Mm, okay. And, so- and yep. So uh, we're building a flow chart really quick. Insecurity okay. is what they're looking for. They need to use other people to feel control, power, attention, admiration, and they use the 20, the character traits of the toxic person. Some people call them red flags. Some people call them tactics. So they use red flags on people to get those four things. So they feel secure. So it's, okay. it's basically a flow chart. So when you see things like, um, criticism, comparison, you know, the name calling, we already talked about belittling. If you think about that and ask yourself, which one of those four things are they seeking? Okay. That's the bully on the playground technique. If I can make you feel bad, I feel power, which makes me feel secure. Right? So, so a lot of you, you'll hear a lot of people, well, I can never do anything right. And all he does is criticize and they nitpick and they, you know, it's because that makes them feel powerful. And if they get a reaction on top of it, that makes them feel in control as well. And where is your attention when they're calling you, you names? Well, it's on them. So they're getting three of the four mm. things just by criticizing, you. Right. you know, other red flags are uh, a toxic person is never going to take the blame. You will take the blame for everything. They will deny any mistreatment. Um, you will hear things like, um, I, I'm sorry, I got mad, but you pushed my buttons. Okay. So that's not an apology. You will very seldom hear an apology from a toxic personality unless there's strings attached. So, and I'm sorry, but you is them making you take responsibility for their behavior. Right. You know, and for those of you who, who are listening that have had the experience of when you left or when you filed for divorce or when you decided to end the relationship, that's when these ginormous apologies came, you know, I'm so sorry. I know I treated you wrong. I disrespected you. We'll do date nights every night and I'll take you on vacations and, you know, And okay, we have to ask ourselves, what is prompting that apology? Well, they are feeling the loss of control. And for those of you who are right now in the middle of of this or in the middle of a divorce, you have to remember, it is not about the relationship at all. It is about the loss of control over you that makes them feel insecure. So Mm. when you're getting this this overgrown apology, it's, it's not because of the love and for the salvaging the relationship that they don't want to lose. It's about losing the control over you, which makes them feel insecure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You Ugh. know, and we, we only know how to see the world through our eyes. Yeah. So, they, so when they behave a certain way, you and I go, how come you just can't be nice? Like, why don't yeah. you just act normal? When yeah. in reality, they only see the world through I don't know what I'm going to do today, but I got to see who's in my life that could supply me with these four things. So I feel secure. Now, it's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is very sad. And, and I should go back a little bit because you said um, earlier, you said, so these are intentional. Now, 
there was several things that went on in my former relationship that were 100% intentional to get what they needed, like cheating on you or, you know, hiding money behind your back or things like that. Those are intentional, you know, seeking for power or seeking for attention. But on a day-to-day basis and the day-to-day interactions, it is so subconscious for them to be programmed self-centeredly in order to seek that self-security. It's almost, it's almost like when you're in the grocery aisle and you bump into somebody. You don't, you don't step back and go, okay, well, should I apologize? Like, was that my fault? Did they bump into me? Should they? We go, oh, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's that it's that quick of second nature. And they, they are so driven for that security in themselves that the things that they do on a day-to-day basis is just second nature for them. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I can, I can see that definitely. Um, so, okay. So some of those red flags, right. Understanding oh. they're all driven by insecurity. So criticism, name calling comparison, you know, won't take the blame, won't apologize, um, denies mistreatment. Yep. Um, uh, Instilling, instilling fear is another one. And that's Uh, not always fear for your physical safety. That's fear of upsetting them, fear of making them mad, fear of disappointing them. Okay. Uh, You will have, you'll also run into quite a few people who will say, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I lost my support system because the toxic personality is going to try to cut off anything from you that gives you emotional support because they want you dependent on them emotionally. Uh, So family and friends and hobbies and activities that are taking up too much of your time or fulfilling Mm -hmm. you emotionally, they're going to make it difficult by saying things like, well, your family doesn't like me, or you spend too much time with your family or your friends aren't a good influence. And what we tend to do is it's much easier for us to have conflict with those people than have conflict with the toxic person. So we start our, quitting our hobbies. We stop going to the gym. We start cutting our friends out until pretty soon. The, the only person we have is them. And then we're very fearful to leave them because that's the only person we have. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and here's why you are so important is because, and, and, and I think the work that I do is important too, because we all have blind spots when we're in it, we can't necessarily see what we're in and you, you know, I have blind spots with my own parenting and my own stuff. Right. And so sometimes we need somebody with no skin in the game to say, Hey, you know what, this is actually what's really happening. This is what your child really wants from my, like in my work, right. This is what your child's actually asking for. And I bet if you did this, Mm -hmm. this would be the result. Right. So I'm sure that's a huge help what you're offering people when they realize they are in this, yeah, how they're being manipulated and controlled and and that sort of thing. Yeah. So, so then you have to move on to, okay. So if, if I am a personality that's going to attract these people and I can't, cut every one of these out of your life. You know, if you have to co-parent or if it's a, if it's a parent of your own, right. Or if it's a child of your own, you can't, you can't completely cut them out. So we have to learn how to interact with them without feeding them the things that they're wanting from you. Oh, I think that's a whole other podcast episode, really, because like there are people in our lives, mine included, who are not that I have no choice, but to, Mm -hmm. So, so, you know, when I work with clients one-on-one, we go through all the education, but we also go, okay, but now you have to learn how to interact with these people because this is not the last toxic personality you're going to attract. So you have to know what the red flags are, and then you have to be able to adjust yourself and how you interact with them so that it doesn't affect you. So, so I do a ton of holding hands with co-parenting with the toxic personality. 
And, and, you know, I, I often talk about, um, when I talk about on my own podcast, the day I ran away, and I'm certain that you will have listeners that will go, Oh my gosh, I can't believe she just said that the day I ran away away from my former, I had already been divorced for two years Mm. and, and nothing changed. Mm. Wouldn't sign a parenting plan so that nothing was accountable. Wouldn't let me sell my half of the business. He wouldn't buy my half out. He wouldn't split the property, wouldn't anything. So sure, you can have divorce papers, but nothing changed for two years. And, and it started getting bad because I started standing up for myself. And the minute I started taking control, like you said, things escalated and got. So, so when I ran away, I had already been divorced for two years and nothing changed. So when I work with people that are trying to co-parent and think that all of a sudden this person is going to be a good co-parent, you have to realize it's not about the relationship and it's not about the, re- the co-parenting relationship. It's 100% about the control that they have over you. So if you keep giving them that control, they're going to stay in your life and you're going to still feel very controlled. So I did a hard cutoff and I, I just exited. Um, but it was then that I, that I realized, you know, it's not about the relationship. And, and I work with a lot of people who have been divorced for three or four years and they still feel like their former is controlling everything. Mm-hmm. Well, oh yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they, if we're allowing it? And so like the, when we talk about the co-parenting, the toxic person is not going to go away unless you make them go away. And by making them go away, we have to stop feeding them with the things that make them feel secure. So for those of you, sadly, who are, who are trying to co-parent, with somebody who you left a toxic relationship with, you have to remember if, if they weren't a good team parent with you during the marriage, they are not going to be a good co-parent. But for some reason we come out of it thinking, okay, good. We're out of that. Now we can just be the best co-parents ever. Yeah. 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 And that's (laughs) the reality is that is absolutely not going to happen. They will continue to, to be the same person because their drive for self-security and control and power is exactly the same. So what I have people fo- focus on is, you know, if you think back of the poor kids, when they were in the situation, when you were married, they did not really have a peaceful place. There was not a lot of place where there was peace, there was stability, where there was unconditional love. And I know it's so heartbreaking to break up the family unit. It's very, very devastating. And you carry the guilt with that for a long time. So I always tell people to look at it from this way. If they don't have a place of peace and stability and unconditional love, then at least when you have them for your 50% of the time, they have a place that's peaceful and stable and they're loved unconditionally, which is 50% more than they have in a toxic environment. Yeah. Uh you know, and it is the one thing that I say to parents that are dealing with this is it just takes one. It just takes one parent mm-hmm. to be the one who gets their kids' needs met. And as kids grow up, yes, that might be Disneyland dad or Disneyland mom who is hustling for to get their own insecurities met and, and the power and the control and all that stuff. Eventually they'll hopefully become wise to 
who that parent yes. really truly is, right? Yes. And so it is important. And, and this is really what I want to sort of transition to is how to be with your kids when you have a toxic partner. Uh, you know, one of the things that that I know is, you know, look, we don't make our kids a part of that chaos as much as we possibly can. And, and that does include not throwing your ex under the bus and talking badly about them even if your ex does that about you, right? So can we talk about that? Because I think that's gotta be painful yeah. to, and very hard not to. So what do you say about that? So the, the thing that you have absolutely, and, and you should write this and put it on your refrigerator. If this <laughs> is your situation, you have to remember that you are out of this situation. The kids are still in it. And, and so now we start looking at the kids like, well, what's the matter with you? How come you're acting like this? Or how come you're so up? They are still in it or they're in it 50% of the time. So you have to put yourself back and think about what you acted like when you were in it, because they are going to, they're going to respond to the toxic person the same way that you do. You know, they're right. going to avoid conflict. They're going to not want to make them mad. They're going to be way more comfortable with you being mad at them than the toxic person. So put yourself back in that situation because that's the situation your kids are still in, you know, and you always know when they come back from, from that household, mm -hmm. it is chaos, right? Yeah. Okay. The programming needs to happen. You yeah. need to calm them back down. Yeah. Yeah. Because if you think about when you were in it, it was 100% chaos and drama the whole time. Yeah. So, so the kids are in chaos and drama again when they're there. So yeah. I, I always say, don't plan anything for the transition night. Make it a movie pizza night or a puzzle pizza night or whatever. And, and don't, don't ask them about stuff that went on. Just be like, yay, it's movie and pizza night. And let that night be that night because they need some downtime from that absolute chaotic situation. And, and all you have to do is remember that you know what it felt like. And it allows us to give the kids a little bit more grace. Um, and not only do you know what it feels like, you know, and, and what I hope you learn is that what you could have used is some real empathy and some real support, calmness, unconditional love, which is exactly what you need to create. And that needs to be your highest priority. Uh, and I say that as a question that, you know, you, you've said that. Um, and that also means, you know, so I'm thinking of a client right now, as I say this, you know, that when, you know, uh, in this case, it was, it was a mom and dad shows up at the soccer field. Everybody loves dad. Dad is the hero, right? Nobody yeah. sees the side of dad that she sees mm -hmm. and the kids love him and total Disneyland dad, total yes, dad, all this kind of stuff. And I think what this requires of you is to be, to dig deep and just say, I'm not going to let that bother me. I am not going to let that because that's just not the truth of it. And you can love him all you want, but that's not who he is. And I, I can live my life without their approval of me. Right. And yeah. I have to be secure in myself that it doesn't matter. Right. Right. Yeah. But the other thing, it, you can make it very simple because if you think about the Disneyland dad and the baseball coach, and I, and I always have to apologize because I tend to pick on the husband's but that was my situation. I have just as many male clients, you know? So when I, when I pick on the husbands, I apologize to the listeners who it's, 
you know what I'm, you know what I'm we're saying? We're two women. I um, mean, that's all we have. Right, right. right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but if, if you take that Disneyland dad thing or that over spoiling mom thing and you put it into perspective, there's always a public and a private character of a toxic person. Mm. And if you think back to the four things they want, their control and power is behind closed doors and their attention and admiration is out in public. So the ah. Disneyland dad and the soccer coach and the everybody loves me and the big giver at church, that's because that's where they're getting their attention and admiration feed. So if you can make yourself go, oh, he's just feeling insecure, so he's needing some attention, nice. it makes it way easier on you to stomach that. Right. And you can almost be like, oh my gosh, how pathetic. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, th there'll be a time if you can continually picture those four things and you'll just go, oh my gosh, this is so easy. You've got to be kidding me. I love it. Um, but you know what, going back to like, how do we interact with our kids in a situation like this? Because it is frustrating. It is frustrating. It's and hard. it always, it always feels like there's never any consequences and they, mm -hmm. nobody holds them responsible for their actions. And what I found worked really well. And sometimes it depends on the age of the children. Um, but I started saying, you know what, that's how your dad's been since I met him. He's, he's always been like that. You know, that's just what your dad does because as the kids get older, they start going, that is what dad does. Or he's right. Mom, mom does that all the time because to your point, we don't want to 100% protect them from right. the true person because at age 18, you want them to have enough knowledge to make a decision on what type of relationship they want to have with that person. So, mm -hmm. so you don't, you don't want to always be making excuses. And, you know, so it's much easier oh, for you absolutely. to go, yeah. it's much easier for you to say, you know what, your dad's been like that since the day I met him. And then yeah. it starts, it, it starts them thinking of, oh yeah, I remember when they, that happened three years ago. And I remember when it, and they will start also by themselves figuring, figuring out this cycle, right. you know? And I think, yes. I think one of the other really tough things is we are already dealing with the guilt of the splitting up the family unit. You know, right. that's, it's, it's nobody wants to raise their kids in a divorce situation. No. So, um, but when it's a toxic situation, especially when that's unhealthy, you have to remember that the reason that you're divorcing or separating from this person is to get them out of your life. It's not to divorce them and go for taco Tuesday. It's not to divorce them and then open Christmas presents with them on Christmas morning, because that is very confusing to the kids. The kids go, what you guys fight all the time when you were married and what now we can go out for tacos and now we can open Christmas presents. So you mm -hmm. you also want your kids to, to be aware that, that this is the reason that I'm not in that because as they grow up, you want them to, to see what the true colors of the toxic person is because we want them to be able to make their own decision. Okay. Okay. So a couple questions. Um, Yes. Okay. So I'm just, I'm just thinking here. So I, I like that you just clarified, we are not making excuses for him. Uh, him, sorry, him, her. Yes, I know. Uh, I know yeah, people yeah. will get it. I know. Yeah. People understand. Give us some grace. Um, so, so, and, and, and actually I do have a male client that had that. And, and I kind of want to ask you about that too. So, okay. So we have, we're not making excuses for them. We are saying, yeah, sometimes mom, dad can be like that. And, and I like that. I like that you are sort of validating that. And I think it's also helpful to say, and I know sometimes that hurts. And I know and you can also say, you can, you can also say, you know, and that's, that's not really normal behavior. 
because okay. that did hurt your feelings. So just know that that's yeah. that you don't want to hurt other people's feelings because then they start going, you know, yeah. because the toxic personality will hurt your feelings and then tell you your feelings shouldn't be hurt. And that's right. very confusing to the kids. Right. Right. Okay. Um, and then what you were just saying, yes, you're not here. You're here to cut them out of your life entirely. Um, and the point that you were making was let's not have taco Tuesday together. Let's not do all of this stuff. It's confusing to your kids. We want them to make up their own minds about, about that relationship. Um, you know, and at, at the end of the day, it's also about your mental safety and because they're emotionally yeah. abusive, all they need is contact with you to say something to cause an emotional reaction. So like when I right. help people write parenting plans and, and stuff like that, the least amount of contact points during the week is the best because, because any interaction that you have with them keeps, keeps you subject to their toxicity. So you have to accept the fact that this is now two separate households. You can't control what goes on there. He can't control what goes on here, finally. So you have to make sure you don't let him. Um, one of the other interesting things, and I bet you run across this in your work, is I found myself when I came out of that situation, you know, my identity was completely gone. I didn't know who I was. I, I couldn't make decisions. I couldn't order off of a menu because I'd always have, he was always telling me what I, you know, he wasn't saying this is what you're eating, but he would say, how come you're having chicken? Like I always had to justify everything, but I found that after I was out, I was very scared that my kids were going to be mad at me. And I still struggle with this today because we don't want people mad at us. We don't like that feeling of somebody's mad at us. And, and I went through a couple of years, um, where I realized I was catering to my kids the exact same way I had been catering to him. <gasps> if my kids were mad, I'll fix it. Okay. I'll pay for it. Okay. You know, keep the fires out. We don't want anybody mad. Mm. And, and I, I am now to the point where I believe if your kids aren't mad at you at least twice a week, you are not doing your job. <laughs> right. You know, but, but we, we carry that. And we also carry that. Well, if they're mad at me, it's going to push them towards the other parent. Mm. So we, so we tend to, we tend to try to be friends. Your kids don't need a friend. Your kids, your kids need a parent. And if, yes. if they have to be mad at you, it's okay. That means you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Sometimes kids get mad at parents. Yes, because that was a yeah. very, very and, and still to this day, my kids are grown now. And still, if I find out one of them is upset with me, I'm like, if I let it, it would ruin my whole day. I have to stop and go, it's totally normal for people to disagree. It's, yeah. it's okay. You know? Okay. So, so here we are. We, as we sort of wrap up a little bit here, and you have the best item for us in the toolbox, which I can't wait to tell people. We've got somebody who is listening right now who's like, okay, I think that, you know, I am married to a toxic person. I have a couple of kids. And now what? What do I do about this? Do I file for divorce right away? Do I go into couples counseling? Do I, what do I do? What do you suggest they do? And I know that they, you can't say one answer for every single person because it's all individual, but like, what, what are some ideas that they can do? Where, where do they start? Okay. Well, my opinion, and this is strictly my opinion. Um, I never, ever recommend couples counseling if there is somebody that has a controlling manipulative personality. Okay. okay. Why? Um, because what they do is, is they tend to use it against the person. And here's the thing. Um, 
I would have never stepped foot into a counseling session with my former because in counseling, we're supposed to be able to tell the truth. We're supposed to be able to be honest. Yeah. If I was honest in there, I have to go home and live with him. Right. And that is attention and admiration, which is external. And so it's going to be Mr. Wonderful or Mrs. Wonderful in therapy, probably. Right. Yes. And you are going to pay for whatever you said in in therapy. Um, But every that's everybody's own decision. So I'm not saying don't go. I'm just I have a couple podcast episodes on that. But okay, um, good. um, you'll have to redirect me. Oh, where do you start? Okay, if if you are unsure, because I was unsure for 14 years. If you are thinking something feels off, but I can't put my finger on it, it might be toxic. It might be not. He's nice on Tuesday. She, he's not on Wednesday. You know, it gets very confusing because it's yeah. not 100% bad. Yeah. If, it was, if it was 100% bad, you would have already made the decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's, here's some reassurance for the listeners. You are not going to leave until you are ready to leave. It doesn't matter if mom tells you. It doesn't matter if your counselor tells you. It doesn't matter. You will leave when you're ready. So in the meantime, learn everything you can about how the toxic personality works. Okay. And, and that's basically, that's basically what I teach. And there's other great people out there that teach it. It's not like I'm the only one who teaches it, but if you're wondering, you can, I do have um, something on my website called the, the toxicity profile analysis. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's 106 yes or no questions. And it, I actually use it because I get results that really help me if someone schedules a session. But if, if you take it and you never schedule a session, just you reading through those 106 questions and you having to answer yes or no, you're going to have quite a bit of validation that, oh, I didn't even, I did, I've been living with that so long. I didn't even know that was not normal. So, so start seeking some, some validation because once, once you can put your finger on that, maybe this isn't unhealthy, then you can move on to the next step of, okay, what are my next steps of? you know, how do I get out of this or how do I stay in it and not let it affect me? Or, you know, because until, until you can identify exactly what it is, how do you know which, which steps to take, you know? And And there's a thousand podcasts out there with information on it. Well, and we want to listen to, it's not normal. It's toxic. Rid your life of toxic people by Dr. Highly, uh, Highly. Not highly, Dr. Heidi Brocky, who is kind of like Rocky. You should see her pipes, by the way. She's got oh. some pretty, pretty big muscles um, in the best possible way. Um, and so we go to your site, coachingwithdrheidi.com, mm-hmm. and you can get the toxicity. Okay, I can't say it. Toxicity personality analysis. Is that what you said it was? It's called, called the toxicity profile analysis. Oh, I always profile. say t- <laughs> yeah, I always say TPA just because it's easier, but it's okay. it's just it's just really um it's just really makes you think on things that maybe you wouldn't have realized because they've been going on so long. And or you know, look, best to really know and follow and work with somebody who's been through it than um, somebody who has it in theory, you know, I am in the trenches parenting, um, you know, a high needs child and uh, all of that stuff. So I know, I know what I'm talking about and I don't have perfect days and you know what you're talking about because you were through it. Like you said, seven times it took to leave. And, uh, and so like that honesty is real and, you know, it's complicated. It's messy. It's hard. And there is hope. And there is hope that there are people like you who can help guide you through. And I really hope that this was 
helpful to, to my listeners because look, um, it's out there and, you know, and, and like, like we said, we didn't even talk about having people in your life who are toxic and how you deal with that. And, and, and that I could, I would, you know, that that's a great topic too, but when you're parenting, I just want to sort of leave with the, um, with the overarching message that I heard you say, which is our kids need a place of peace. They need it to be stable and they need unconditional love, right? They, they need you to be that person. And our kids are watching us. We need to model that for them. And we need to understand what drives a toxic person is deep, deep, deep insecurity, uh, mental illness, that sort of thing. But it's driven by this insecurity and that they need control and power, which happens behind closed doors. And they need external validation, which is attention and admiration. And if you just understand what makes them tick, you do not have to take it personally. It doesn't have to upset you so much because you you probably are a high, an emotional person, a sensitive person, right? Which is why they got you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, fair to say? Yes. All of, all of that is fair to say. And you know, the other thing, um, now we didn't talk about this, so I'm just going to throw it in at the end. Uh, and if, um, so when I left and my situation was crazy, I told you this at the beginning, but I just thought of another point with it. I, I at first had to leave my kids and, and he kept them from me for five years. And so I did the only, I did the only thing I could do that every time I could have a touch point, like we, he wouldn't let them call me. He blocked me. So I couldn't call them. You know, it was this, it was awful, awful, but Um, what I did is anytime I did have contact with them, I made sure that they knew I loved them no matter what, there's nothing they could do that ever made me stop loving them. And if they ever needed anything, I would be there. Right. Mm -hmm. And everybody would always say, I'm kind of getting tears. I'm sorry. Yeah, Um, that's good though. I get it. People would always say they will come back. Mm -hmm. They're going to come back to you. And by, by year four, I was like, they're not, they're not coming back. Well, sure enough. And you know what they told me, we, we always knew you would be there. We knew why you left. And they even have told me, we're so glad you left because what if you didn't and none of us ever got out, but, but they will cling to the fact that you are their stability and peace. 100%. Yeah. It just takes the one. It just takes the one. And I'm sorry. That was so hard. And I appreciate your honesty in saying, look, I left my kids. And I think that for most people that is the worst case scenario and you did what you had to do in your situation and it is not a one size fits all and that's the thing right we all come at this from different experiences backgrounds and and all that stuff so it's just not easy and it's probably the hardest thing you've ever had to go through in your entire life right oh, absolutely but, yeah. but you know what it is hard and when people are looking at it all they see is this huge mountain and how are they ever going to get over it but you know, what you're doing where you are right now is hard too. you know, yeah. so, so yeah. choose your, choose your hard because at least you're getting somewhere. <laughs> I love that you said that. I say that all the time. I say that all the time. Like you're already uncomfortable. So why not choose a different way yeah. that will actually bring you peace, love, and, and joy, yep. you know, and that just sounds like I just picked it out, but it's true peace, love, and joy. Like it, this is costing you peace yes. and joy and love and yep, all yep. of that and confidence and all that stuff. So, um, I just want to say that you, so we'll go to your site 
which is in the show notes, coachingwithdrheidi.com to get the toxicity profile analysis. But you have something really special for our listeners in the Parent Toolbox. If you're not a member, join. It's free, parent-toolbox.com. And it is 10 critical questions to ask when seeking an attorney for a high conflict divorce and child custody situation. So thank you so much for that. That is going to be so helpful. Yeah, And, and that's get- just it. That's just imperative that you yes. have an attorney that understands that personality or, or that's not your attorney. You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. You need somebody who knows how to fight the fight or whatever. I don't even know. Is that right? Would you or say not, or not fight or not? Because, Ooh, yeah. you know, because if you think about now, now all I control can control them with is the, is the divorce process. So I'm going to fight over everything. I'm not going to agree to anything. I'm not going to show up for hearings. I'm, you know, so you have to have an attorney that understands that's that now the yeah. control is coming through the process. Yeah, such a good point. Okay, thank you so much, Heidi yes, Rocky, like Rocky. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> she's got those pipes. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much for talking to me, for sharing, and for teaching us. Um, I, I think that you know people will will really learn and 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 hopefully have a better life because of it and because of you thank you so very much yes thank you so much for having me thank you for listening to this edition of my podcast parenting our future i'm parent coach robin mcmahon and if you're enjoying this podcast please share it with someone who you think might also need to hear this message and don't forget to subscribe and if you like my work i'd be grateful if you gave me a five star rating For those of you who like my content and want more, visit me at yellingcurebook.com to get your copy of my book and to find other resources to help you. Until next time, I am wishing you and your family peace and connection.